0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of Truth Be Told the Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Mullen. Welcome. Welcome to this episode. This is a a fun episode because I'm fucking with the format. Yeah. Normally this is a storytelling podcast, but every once in a while I get bored and the spirit of Barbara Walters inhabits my body and I feel the need to interview people and get to the heart of the matter so that's what's happening this episode a bit of an interview series I have three guests no panel discussion and we have one theme as we always do and we're just diving in deep with each person and uh, yeah no stories necessarily but uh, we really get in deep and my guests did such a great job for this episode. I think you're really going to love it. You may be wondering, "Hey Lindsay, what is the theme?" Well, I'm so glad you asked. The theme of this episode is fame. Mmm. You can't see, but I'm doing spirit fingers. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah, jazz hands. Um, guys, fame. Fame is such an intense topic. I feel like even though this episode is fun, uh, we just scratched the surface. I'm going to have to do another Fame episode at some point. Hopefully when uh, this show is more popular. And uh, maybe I'll be able to talk about Fame. Ah, maybe that'll happen. Maybe I'll be able to muse and chat about Fame in a way from a knowledgeable place. Uh, You may be thinking... Wow, Uh, an episode about fame. Did you get three super famous guests on your show? No. No, I didn't. Um, Because, one, I don't have those connections right now. And, two, um, all the favors I could call in, I don't feel like this is the time. This is not quite the time or place. Um, But... That being said, I'm very happy with how this episode turned out because the three people I got have uh, very unique perspectives and they're all very different people. And they have each um, courted fame in some way or flirted with fame in some way or been affected by it in some way or been around it, been on the periphery of it in some way. Um, All three of my guests... uh, have had either moments in their career where they achieved some notoriety, or are currently um, becoming more and more well-known as time passes for the work that they put out. So uh, all three guests, they're really fun, we really get into it. Uh, I'll tell you how different these guests are. The first guest? Tanner Zipchin. He's the Cineplex guy. If you're Canadian, you know what I'm saying. He's the guy before all the movies. When you go to the movie theater, he interviews some of Hollywood's biggest celebrities. So he he meets famous people all the time. He gets to see what it looks like um that whole press junket world. Plus he himself is now a recognizable face. So we get into it. I also get into it with Ron Peterson, who for a time was on Mad TV. And I was very curious about this experience um, to go from complete obscurity to a popular American television show. Uh, So we get into that and he's just lovely. Ron is lovely. Then Kate Wheland. Oh, Kate. Kate is uh, so interesting and fascinating because her creativity in composing images and creating art from home uh, and reflecting her life uh, and putting it on Instagram is what has brought fame to her. Um, so fascinating because usually when we think of fame, we think of TV and movies, but it's so interesting to talk to someone who is garnering fame from this new medium of uh, social media. Fascinating. We really get into the world of uh, Instagram influencers and what that's all about and uh, Yeah, she really takes me behind the curtain. It's very fun. So, guys, get ready for it. It's going to be great. It's going to be a fun episode, and uh, I'm so happy you could join me for it. But, of course, before we get into these great interviews, it's time to do the quote of the episode. Today's quote is by comedian Fred Allen, who died a really long time ago. You may have to Google him. His quote is, A celebrity is a person who works hard all his life to be well-known, then wears dark glasses to avoid being recognized. Ooh, so true. Well, I imagine. So true. I have no idea. Oh, wow. That's a that's a very interesting uh, statement. It's like... Some people chase the idea of fame, and then they catch it, and then they regret catching it. You don't know what to do with it once you get it. Oh, oh, uh, I forgot to mention one thing. Uh, Before we jump in, I should just let you know that in my interview with Ron Peterson, we bring up a man named Andrew Alexander, and we were so in our little comedy bubble, Ron and I, that... uh, We didn't clarify who that is. So uh, if you're not in the know, I'll just tell you, Andrew Alexander is the uh, co-owner, producer, and I think the CEO of The Second City. The entire franchise. He was uh, the boss man when I worked there. Um, And I should say, because I didn't mention it, uh, every time I met Andrew Alexander, which was only a small handful of times, Uh, He was totally lovely, like super nice, super friendly and gregarious and always had a big smile on his face. Uh, So that one story is kind of weird and out of context and kind of funny. You'll hear it soon. It'll be fun. Uh, But I should mention, always a lovely person every time I met him. Okay, let's get into this episode. Let's hear these interviews and let's start it off with Tanner Zipchin. with Tanner Zipchen, or as you may know him, if you're Canadian, as the, the Cineplex guy before all the movies that you see.
1: I get that a lot. I get, hey, Cineplex guy. And I'm like, yeah. Do
0: people yell that on the street yeah, at you? Yeah,
1: like, in like a New York accent. Like, hey, Cineplex guy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh God. It's true.
0: Uh, yeah, so if you're Canadian, you, he's the the handsome man who tells you to turn off your phone And he tells you to play time play. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I'm going to be really real with you. I always, before I met you today for the first time, Mm -hmm. I always make fun of you. I always say some snarky thing with whoever I'm with. But that's because...
1: Tell me more about this.
0: (laughs) But I think everybody Uh does that because we all wish we had the gig. If I'm being serious, I'm insecure because I look and I go... What a lucky gig! Look at all these stars this guy talks to.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been it was supposed to only be like a, a year thing, and then it just turned into an actual like job, and now it just is. It's continued like access
0: on. Hollywood type of job. Yeah. Exactly. You've met who have you met? See,
1: you, some people I was one once I was once referred to this uh, as I shouldn't really say all the time because it happened once, but the Mario Lopez of Canada.
0: You are totally you know, the because if you go Lopez.
1: to the U- If you go to the U.S. and you like stay at any hotel, they always have like that reel that plays on the hotel TVs. Yes, the extra and I mean I don't. I mean that's that's some it's a you know some big shoes to fill to be Mario Lopez. That, but. No,
0: that's you're definitely A.C. Slater of Canada. <laughs> that's good for you.
1: But yeah, it's been crazy. Like all over the world, movie sets, Name's press b- junkets. It's it's been yeah.
0: Be obnoxious for a moment mm-hmm. and just tell us all the big stars that you've interviewed because he does all the press junkets for oh, every time there's like an Avengers movie, you're yeah, talking to people.
1: Yeah, about. everybody, man. I mean, let's see, like lately, like Julianne Moore, oh. uh, Hugh Jackman, oh. David Harbour for Hellboy, Zachary Levi for Shazam. Let's see what I'm thinking. Lately, oh, the, the I did Jurassic Park last year with Jeff Goldblum, which was amazing.
0: I, oh my god, and that
1: was a that was a fun time.
0: I saw one where you talked to Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Emma,
1: Ryan, both Ryans, all the Canadian Ryans.
0: Oh, okay, so this is, Chris
1: Hemsworth, like, oh man, you've yeah. talked
0: to everybody. Yeah. the guy. Listen, if you just Google the guy, his real is unreal. Um, so. Now we know you're legit. I want to talk to you today about (laughs) fame. You
1: name drop Chris Hemsworth. You are legit.
0: You're legit. (laughs) Um, So uh, I want to talk to you about fame. Because every time I meet celebrities, I don't become a total psycho or sycophant. But I find there's... I once heard that there's no such thing as neutrality with someone who's famous. And that's one of the hard things about being famous is people are either drawn to you or they avoid you because they know you're famous and Mm -hmm. they give you space. Do you find that it's hard to suppress any kind of weird feelings when you're around someone with that much clout and power?
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I've been doing it for a, a few years now. And even luckily before I even came into this position now, I had experienced... With this before having done radio and meeting a lot of like bands and even actors and things then so it kind of uh it becomes kind of just like second nature does it become like this big weird thing anymore like oh that person's famous you kind of just see them as people because you start to even become friends with some of these people that you see all the time and you see them for who they are but right. it is it is odd when yeah you're in a room and then somebody walks in and like, and everyone just yeah. Half people go quiet. Half people get all all giddy, and you can see them on their phones, like sneaking a picture, or like trying to you know text their friend and be like, "You'll never guess who just walked in this room right now." But it is it is an odd it is an odd thing that people get, yeah. It's it's, it's hard to be chill.
0: Yeah, I think it's very primal in a weird way. Like in our ape brain, we're like, "That's an important monkey," mm-hmm. and that like that, and even if you fight against that. Because I've always gone, that's sick. I don't want to be one of those people that treats someone differently. Mm -hmm. But why is it your brain gets so caught up in it?
1: Well, it's also like a lot of these people have like, a whole industry or, like, an economy around them, too. And that kind of feeds into this, like, mystique of their of their celebrity and fame. Like, you know, working a couple months ago with, like, with J-Lo for this movie that she was in, she has this whole team of people. So when they, when before she arrives, like, they come to the hotel and it's, like, that's J-Lo's, you know, whoever it is. And, like, there's this whole, like preamble that happens before and like they like make so sure everything's ready for arrives. and she's got like yeah, but to make sure everything's perfect for and she wants this and we have to have this and we have to have this and there's like it's there's all this stuff that has to happen Ugh. so it creates this like big buzz and then she walks in and then everyone's like oh there she is she has arrived
0: does that <laughs> does that scare you in a way like does that would you be scared to be in that position yourself because it's so out of touch
1: it's it is yeah it is it is it's a weird thing like it's See, sometimes, I've learned through it all, is sometimes, it it, you know, that whole thing happens because of the person, maybe that they actually want it. Like, maybe she's actually making these requests. And sometimes it's just this kind of this illusion and facade, and the person behind it all is actually super chill. Mm. But it's their, like, team and people that are so strict and, like, make, you know, wrap up the anxiety. And then when you actually meet the person, you're like, oh, my God, I was all, like... Nervous for this, I'm like this is the chillest person. So right. I think as a as a, something you know in the near future when you're like the next you know Helen Mirren or thank you you know Meryl Streep We're or whatever it may be. We're just going to skip
0: all the twenty something rules. We're going to take me right to <laughs> Helen Mirren. I'm
1: just thinking legendary. I'm just <laughs> legendary thinking legendary.
0: Size.
1: Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, she's a boss. She's I love Jamie Lee Curtis. But yeah, I think I think that's an important thing to you know to keep in touch with this who you have working with you and on your teams because I've. I've I've worked in a lot of situations where you have an opinion about somebody before you even have met them, and you're like, "Oh, this guy is such a dick." And like, you realize it's because of all the people that you've talked to that work with that person. Oh, And wow. then and then you meet the person, and you're like, "Oh, you just have like really crappy people on your team that are mean, to, that are really mean, but you're actually a really nice guy." So, oh my gosh. there's another valuable so it, lesson.
0: So that makes me think, with like a J Lo or someone really big like that, how many people are on the team? Do you think
1: it depends? Like, uh, it's. They would have, obviously, their assistant and publicist and whoever would travel with them. Depending on what the event is, they have different people, but there's always, like, a hair and a makeup team, and and then sometimes if they have, like, a dog, there's someone there to, like, hold their dog, and then, like, they bring, like, if it's, like, in a certain location, so maybe they'll be in, like, a really exotic location for a press event. They'll have a couple friends that'll come, or, like, someone's sister or brother will show up, and so depending on who it is and where it is, there could be, like, quite a few people.
0: Wow. Sometimes
1: it's cool when there's only like one guy. Like I was, when I was in. (laughs) Just
0: some guy that stands in the corner.
1: I was at a a press thing one time with uh, Chris Pratt and he had just had like one guy with him and I was like, and I thought it was his brother and they they looked identical and he was standing there like kicking rocks, like waiting for Chris to finish his day. And I was like, are you, are you Chris's brother? He's like, no, I I grew up with Chris. We're like best friends from high school. So now he's like, so now I travel with him as his trainer. And, uh, which I thought was like super cool that Chris Pratt just has his like buddy come with him as his like like, trainer. And honestly, it's probably for that reason too. Yeah. Bring bring your childhood friend with you and it'll keep you level because yeah, this industry can get to your head and really change things quickly.
0: So your very first time interviewing, that must've been nerve wracking when you first got the job, who's the first big celebrity they put you with and how, how were you that first time you did it?
1: Uh, yeah, I've, I like, I had a bit of experience before, but it was mainly, like, I worked in radio, so a lot of it was, like, via phone, so you have this comfort, you know, when you're on, on the phone, where you have, like, computers in front of you, if you ever forget something, you can, like, quickly Google it, like, they're not gonna know, right? Because, right. like, they can't see you, so you're, like, looking stuff up, you have your, like, little notes in front of you, so you can, like, totally shout out to be like, oh, that's right, you talk about your book, yes, the book that obviously came out last year in October titled this, you're like, wow, you remembered, I'm like, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but but when you're with somebody in a room face to face, like there's no really you know, there's no way of like really hiding that. Like you got to really, you know, you got to amp up your game. and You got to really come prepared. So that was a whole extra level, uh, obviously, then when you're on camera versus not. You know, you have to like worry about like that thing you do with your eyebrow or that weird facial expression. You're like you're trying to like worry about, okay, am I holding my head right? Am I doing this right? But yeah, all that aside, then you're now walking in the room with somebody that's you know the the star power is like times a hundred from like anything that you know maybe i've done before so i remember my first big one in this gig was for the big short and that was uh it was just a small small little press day and again they, they call me like last minute to like fly down to la and i was like oh yeah i guess i've never been to la before sure now i'm going to la and then they're like yeah okay so it's gonna be like three interviews it's gonna be um Ryan Gosling, uh, Christian Bale, and Steve Carell. Oh
0: my god! And I'm
1: like, oh okay, okay. And then <laughs> someone ended up sending me the Christian Bale like onset freakout video from Terminator. Why
0: would someone send you that before? you And have then I'm to like, oh no, them. this
1: is not. Oh no. <laughs> oh, what if I say the wrong thing and I'm gonna get this? And uh, <laughs> so that was a whole a whole thing. But it ended up being like super. I, and I ended up getting Ryan first, which was awesome because it really took kind of the the nerves out of it because he's i find with any canadian that i meet in my travels canadians are a certain way they understand the sarcasm they're super chill they end up asking me more questions than i ask them sometimes they're like oh you're from canada oh you're from okay cool well you've, you've been at this place and you do this and you've been there and so he was so nice and uh and then christian bale ended up being i i thought he was see i was i was told like okay don't i don't know if this is legit or not someone's like don't talk about batman for some reason. not talk so, about Batman. And I Batman. think someone said that just to mess me up, because then in the interview...
0: He starts bringing up Batman. I said
1: something about, like... Because in the movie, it was about getting rich and money, and I'm like, well, you're no stranger to playing somebody with a large amount of wealth. And then he's like, oh, what are you, what are you referring to? <laughs> I'm like, uh... And I'm in my head, I'm like, don't say Batman. I'm like, um, well... Um, he's like, are you talking about Bruce Wayne? Are you talking about Batman? <laughs> And I'm like, no,
0: no, not if you don't want no. me to.
1: And then he's like, oh, are you, are you sure? Are you talking about, are you talking about Batman? And then I realize I'm like, oh, you're messing with me. I'm like, oh, this is, he's just messing with me. And he ended up being a super sweet dude.
0: So I have to ask for the dirt. And I realize because you were the cineplex man, you're not going to necessarily throw people it's, under It's the- Helen Hunt. Oh, you were throwing names no, out there, throwing them under
1: the bus. I don't bus. know what you're going to say, but sure.
0: <laughs> it's Helen Hunt. Guaranteed. Uh, do you have any, like, asshole celebrity stories? You don't have to tell me who, but...
1: I mean, my first answer was maybe, it still holds true.
0: Helen Hunt? <laughs> I mean, I... Wait, did you talk to Helen Yeah, Hunt? yeah,
1: I did. Yeah, for a, a, a volleyball film that came out last year. She was, yeah, she was, like, not... I mean, she wasn't, like, a terrible person. I just remember her particularly being, like, not what I thought she would be, I don't know, maybe I just built her up to be, like, this person in my head, but she was okay, I mean, every, some people just have, like, a bit of an edge to them, there's there's really, I don't think I really have any incidences where there's, you know, someone's been really terrible, because keep in mind, like, a lot of times that we're doing, like, these press days and things, they're putting on right? a front too. And it's like everyone around you has like a show or a column or a, a blog or articles that they write. So the last thing you want to do is be that way around these people. So like they're usually pretty, pretty, probably fake know, in these those, situations too. you you see
0: those situations where they've heard the same question a thousand times or something and then they yeah. get kind of snippy. Those things always leak. Have you ever had that?
1: Yeah. Um no not. Th- I mean I I've had a few cuz I I do I go around to a lot of, like a lot of comic cons in Canada and North America and I host panels and Q&As I've had more situations like that in in comic con panels than probably on camera um I know like last year I hosted a panel with uh Gene Simmons oh. uh, and uh that was a that was a ride that wow. was a that was a weird yeah Okay, I'm going to ask... He made some, like, really inappropriate jokes backstage, and then he continued to make them on stage in front of the crowd, and then he just was like, I don't know. It was a weird... It was a weird one.
0: (laughs) So I also want to ask you, is is Cineplex letting you kind of be loose? I've noticed that over the years, Mm -hmm. seeing you before movies. They let you have a little bit more your personality come come out. Mm -hmm. I would worry at this job that you'd feel like stifled that you'd have to be kind of inoffensive and not really show yourself. But I'm noticing that you're getting to show yourself yeah, a yeah. bit more.
1: It, at the same time, you know, you still have, it is a, a show that we have to hit like all of Canada and we have to hit like all, you know, different types of people and different, different interests. So you have to kind of still keep it, you know, mass appeal. And if I can't do anything too crazy as much as I would, I've been, I've been, yeah, in the past, like, okay, maybe we can't do that. Cause that's like a little too whatever. But yeah, for the most part, they do let me have some fun sometimes. And I, as much as I have to, you know, play the like, you know, the, the stiff collared like host who has to deliver like the rules <laughs> yeah. and introduce things in a very formal, formal way. Yeah, we we try to. I try to sneak in as much fun and and ridiculousness as I can to like get myself out there, which is why I try to do a lot on for me on, like, my own social channels and, like, I, you know, my own YouTube channel, just putting out my own content so people can see, like, who I am. So you're not
0: just the guy telling us to turn off our phone. Yeah. And like say, I, Don't tell me what to do, Tanner. Yeah. Well, everyone for sure loves you more than that tech guy. Who's the tech guy? <laughs> the, what is he, like, the source? Yeah. No, some people love him. I always find that he's weird. He's got a lot.
1: If you want to know what to buy, Christmas time, all the gadgets, what's hot, that he, he's got the... He's got it.
0: That guy looks like someone forced him to be in front of a camera, <laughs> at gunpoint.
1: He's like, blink twice if you need help. <laughs> he's like, get me out of here. No, yeah, he loves it. His name is uh, Mark. Mark Salzman, yes. and he's uh, yeah, he's written books about tech. He's all over the place. Oh, I thought you going
0: to say? He's written books about being on camera. I'm yeah. Like he shouldn't. <laughs> he shouldn't write. No, books that's about I watched, watched
1: him the other day, and I was like business, <laughs> some business television or CNN, and like he he showed up. Like he's literally like everywhere. That guy makes. More TV what? appearances than you know. Yeah.
0: Why? He basically is a guy that we think works at Radio Shack or some shit. Yeah,
1: he's everywhere, man. You got to, you want to, you get to, you get to like a how-to from him on like how to, how to get yourself out there and how to brand oh yourself. Oh my
0: God. I hate he's,
1: he's, every, fi- he's figured it out.
0: Everything you're saying makes me hate Canadian and entertainment gets, so much. And he much. gets
1: free equipment and free toys to play with because he reviews things and talks about them. So he gets all kinds of cool stuff in the mail. That's the, that's the job. <laughs> It's like, hey, I'll talk about this new Nintendo and then I'll get a free Nintendo. That's amazing.
0: Oh my God. You're just jealous. I, of course I'm jealous. I'm <laughs> busting my ass. That's the truth.
1: <laughs> you gotta talk truth. you gotta talk about cool stuff and then you get free things in the mail.
0: Tanner, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, has seeing the underbelly of fame yeah. made you not ever want to have something like that or are you
1: trying to say I don't already excuse me oh
0: wait I'm sorry you are Canada famous (laughs) you are
1: Canada famous what you
0: Canada famous yeah I
1: don't know yes you are I made it on the front page of my hometown newspaper a couple weeks ago what's your hometown Saskatoon Saskatchewan
0: oh prairie boy
1: after all these years they finally realized like wait you're the guy in the movies and like we should put you in the paper so hometown hero I am they're gonna hopefully build a statue I don't know
0: (laughs) Yeah you should get
1: it beside Brent Butt or whoever else is big in Saskatchewan.
0: Good for you. I'm from Alberta. Okay. Oh, hey. I'm a prairie prairie people. Um so are you uh do you think it be more of a negative thing if someone gets famous or if you ever got famous or more of a positive thing?
1: Yeah, I think I think with fame it's just, you know, really about who you are before you get it. And I think it's different with everybody depending on how you were raised and what you value and your morals i know even like someone like john krasinski is the most chill lovely cool person and he's never had an ego and he's always been super super nice and i actually told him that the last time i said honestly like despite you know your career and the fact that you've you know been you know on on the office and like a quiet place is a huge film for him and he's really you know out there and like you're still like talking to you it feels like you've never you're like some guy I grew up with, and and, he's, and he said that's because how he was raised. Like his, he's like, if I was anything else, he's like, my dad would kick my ass. That's great. And he's like, this is how I have to be. So, yeah, I think it really depends on who you are. And some people take it the other way, right? Like, some people have something... Somebody... It just
0: goes into the wound that they have. Yeah, some people... I yeah, think yeah. people drawn to fame, like some people, or a lot of actors, for example, or comedians, they'll be drawn to fill a void... And then that thing doesn't make them feel better. So I think a lot of people crash and burn, it seems. It's just
1: like a man- yeah, I think fame is just more like a, a magnifying glass on the personality that you already have.
0: Oh, that's a good way of putting you know? it.
1: So if you, if you are out there to prove something and you're, you have a chip on your shoulder and you want to like, get back at all those people that like, said you wouldn't become something and blah, 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 and all of a sudden now you become famous, then you're probably going to be a giant a-hole about it. <laughs> Yeah, or if you're just like true. really just you love what you do and you just want to help people and all of a sudden you get recognition for it and now you can go and do that then you, and you see those people too that they just like they give back and they like do surprise fan events and you'll have you'll see it, it's so cool to see actors that will just you know opening weekend of their movie just like drive around to theaters and just go and see fans and hang out with like Viggo Mortensen when Green Book hit was in Toronto for uh he was location scouting for a movie that he's currently shooting mm-hmm. and I got a call from Universal saying V goes in town and he wants to do some surprise like fan events so he's are you available to do something with him so for two nights on one of the weekends after the movie opened, we just like went and surprised a bunch of people That's at amazing. a theater and he came out and people lost their mind
0: I would so. love for someone to call me and say V goes in town
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's so cool that he just did that. Like, he took time out of his own schedule. It was He, he flew himself here. He was here for other reasons, and he went and he devoted his time to go and, and meet fans. And he stayed at the end, and he took pictures of people, and he, like, answered questions, and he told stories to people who were asking things of him, and he stayed for so long after. And then it was my birthday weekend, which is crazy, so the next day... He took me out for, like, pizza and wine for my birthday. And we, like, hung out till like, what? 2 in the morning. Yeah, and he was, like, the coolest guy ever. So
0: That's amazing. Well, that's like, exciting. It's
1: cool to see people, like, and for every, like, jerk in the industry, there's someone like, you know, a Viggo Mortensen that kind of balances it out, so.
0: Well, Tanner, you're as nice as you seem. Oh. Yeah, seriously. You're nice. I, I can't ev- I can't say snarky shit about you nice, anymore. You're
1: actually nicer than you seem.
0: Oh shit! That's then, so backhanded. So, so, take, so take that
1: however you want to take it.
0: <laughs> oh my god!
1: Okay, whatever. Hold on a sec. What, what, is, what, what, what if, is the image it? I'm but what if out? I thought you were re- you're super nice, and then I met you, and you're like extremely nice? So that could be a positive. That's a more positive thing. Or you could think of it the other way.
0: If you didn't have, I'm a, just gonna leave that with you. If to you didn't think have about. a wedding ring on right now, I think you were negging. <laughs> That's what I would think. Oh, you know, you're nicer than you see. That shirt's okay for you. <laughs> no,
1: you're very nice. <laughs> I, I just try I just I just say that stuff because I can't see this is me trying to break the mold as being the nice guy.
0: Speaking of the fact that you're wearing a wedding ring, mm-hmm. I'm curious mm-hmm. when you became the Cineplex guy, did they did they make you take off the ring in the
1: I don't think we was ever like there I know there was a, a brief discussion about it because I think when you have that you're perceived as a certain like age or a certain you know demo or maybe you want to Or wanna, available like, or ava- t- but there is there is a bit of that too like if people you want to buy into that fact that like oh maybe there's that that appeal to it so then that makes you look a little like unavailable because there
0: are ladies sitting there who are like i could get with the cineplex guy i could do it yeah
1: and then you put a ring on and you shatter all those dreams so that's true. So, there, but there, it is is—it is a funny thing. I know we were talking about it before uh, we started recording, but, yeah, like commercials and stuff about looking like, you know, depending oh, on yeah. the character you want to play or how you want to be perceived. So it, it definitely is, like, a strange thing that, you know, happens, but people, people do talk about it.
0: Yes, and I've had it them be painstakingly like that with me for commercials about whether I'm a girlfriend or, like, they'll have a boyfriend in the video and... Uh, and uh, they'll they'll make a big deal, but whether he's he's my husband or he's my boyfriend, and somehow that will sway whether people will buy fast food chicken or not.
1: It's true, and also yeah, it's just it's a weird it's a weird thing. People have these like I don't know, especially if you say you get married young and then you wear a wedding ring, and it's like people automatically assume oh you're married, then you're like over thirty or something, because that's like you know what married people are
0: that, or they think you're super Christian,
1: or 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 that. Yeah, so there's like a lot of like it's like one of those things that even though it's a small little thing that you wear, there's so many like, you know, assumed things that go with it. I love it. So you, uh, yeah, same thing with like uh, this is why I have to take out my nose ring and cover my facial tattoos.
0: Now I know he's joking. I I thought you had a nose ring. I was like, I I
1: actually have a seahorse tattooed on my on on the side of my face. Oh my god! A lot of people don't know I wear it's. uh, You can cover that up with makeup. That's
0: amazing. Tanner, do you have a social media that we could all follow you on?
1: Yeah, you can uh, find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, as at Tanner Z, Z Z-E-E, or uh, find me on, I have a YouTube channel now. You can see a lot of original stuff on there, a lot of documentation of my travels, some travel vlogs, some cool behind-the-scenes stuff, trying to do more of, like, showing people what, you know, what I actually do, a little different from what you see on the big screen. And, uh, yeah, so follow me there as well, and um, we'll keep in touch.
0: Yeah, we will. Thank you, Tanner. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello. I'm sitting with Ron Peterson. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, you are an actor and an improviser. Very talented one. I mean, I have a lot of improvisers on this show, but you're one of the ones that's like, Well, it's I like, would suggest they pay a lot to see you.
2: It's subjective, isn't it?
0: No, 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 it's not.
2: Yeah, you're right. You know, it's actually <laughs> it has they,
0: technique. They say, I think
2: they say comedy is the act, the, you know, the perfect democracy. Yeah, you're, you're either funny or you're not.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, but and
2: acting's different.
0: Yeah, yeah, acting can be taste-based, <laughs> but you you are very good at what you do, and you've been doing it so long. You're I'm originally from quite N- old. Yeah, sure, <laughs> but you look great. Skin's so firm. Thanks.
2: It's clean living.
0: Clean living. Mm -hmm. Is that the key? Yeah, that's it. You don't drink.
2: I quit drinking. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah.
0: I mean, go ahead.
2: You can have one.
0: (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, You're (sighs) from Edmonton originally. Uh,
2: Originally from Edmonton, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you've had brushes with fame throughout your career. Little moments, little bursts. Yeah. You're always working.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I... uh, I all I ever really wanted to do, and it's still true, is be in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't really get famous by being in the theater, no, and not, you don't. In, not in Canada anyway. I mean, can you name a an actor that does theater in Canada, just theater? No, exactly. Well, I guess not in the states too. But when you think of the theater in the states, you think of Nathan Lane and Oh Yeah you know, Brian Dennehy and these theater animals. And we have those here too at Stratford and across the country. But we just don't make famous people here.
0: I should say. Uh, for an improviser you are very much theatrical a lot of improvisers I know they're in comedy and that's kind of it mm-hmm. you do actual plays and work <laughs> with you know scripts all the
2: time yeah well improv came late to me a little bit I think in terms of like I, what I was thinking I was going to be I was always thinking I'd be some sort of Shakespearean serious actor um, but and then improv uh, slipped into my life and that's that's actually what ended up Making me, you know, relatively known was was through the improv. Yeah, uh, which was all an accident.
0: You see, uh, I'm I'm jealous of your career style because you get to effortlessly swing <laughs> between more serious, grounded, traditional stuff and funny, uh, made up yourself improv comedy stuff.
2: Yeah, I I feel lucky too because it feeds. They both feed each other. Like I think improv makes me a more present actor and the acting makes me sort of more um uh, what does acting do to my improv i don't know just sort of that's a really good question I don't know It I'll, means, about that. You know,
0: I'll tell you what it does for me <clears throat> mm-hmm. is when I play a doctor on stage I just play a fucking doctor I don't just be like ah, I'm a doctor and move my shoulders up I, and down constantly. Yeah, I think
2: there's more maybe a little more ground, grounded reality to, to the improv Just be a
0: fucking doctor <laughs> right. It's fine It'll find the funny somewhere else We don't need your shoulders oh. That's what
2: I think You do funny characters though
0: i'm not a big character lady
2: Uh, you are in my mind really yeah (laughs) and maybe it's just because you're a character
0: yeah i'm a little Is that rude to say no i love that have we are we off topic uh i think we're doing great oh the topic yes fame we're talking about fame and welcome back welcome back welcome back to the topic um here's how fame seems to have found you you were on mad tv Yes, (laughs)
2: you're mad
0: TV in the states. That was a big show. And again,
2: that was all sort of like I, I, the Joe Flaherty invited me to go to L. A. to improvise, and it was for me it was just a holiday. And you
0: were in Edmonton, and Joe Flaherty saw you doing an improvised
2: soap opera in Edmonton. That was sort of with Die Nasty. It was an amazing troupe of people, Uh, and we yes, a few of us went to L. A. and were improvising, and then with in Joe's show and Joe's famous friends Fred Willard and Kathleen oh O'Hara, and you know they would all come and improvise with us. So it ended up being just a party for me. I didn't even have a photo and a resume like with me. Like that's how I was just going to have some beers with Joe. I thought, but um, but then Martin Short saw the show, uh, improvised in the show, and saw me, and in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles, and oh my god, <clears throat> and then. The next day I'm sitting in my junky ho- hotel room at the, what's that place where all the Canadians used to stay? Highland Gardens? Okay. The, on Franklin? Yeah. Uh, they made a documentary about it. I forget what it's called. Hollywood Camp Hollywood. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's depressing. But uh, I was in my junky hotel room and then the phone rings and it's Joe Flaherty and he's like, uh, did, uh, "Did anybody call you? Uh, did anybody call you from the second city? And I was like, no, no. He goes, okay, well, somebody's going to call you. Somebody's going to call you. Okay. And I hung up the phone. Phone rings. It's fucking Andrew Alexander on the phone.
0: He's phoned me before too. <laughs> I once received a phone he call He reaches from him. out
2: that guy. He
0: does. Hands
2: on. That's yeah, why he's Yeah, but he successful. probably
0: knew who you were. He didn't know who <laughs> was I wrong, was. Wrong number? <laughs> wrong Lindsay? He phoned me the day after I was done Second City. Oh. This is a weird story. Can I make very Please. quickly? So I was fired from Second City after I did my two main stage shows. Why, Lindsay? What did you do? <laughs> I was told I wasn't political enough. Oh. But I mean, all my scenes are relationship scenes about like a couple. Of, Should we move in together? So it's probably true. Right, right. <laughs> I do cutesy right. romantic scenes. Right, right. Uh, anyways, uh, he... he uh... You don't want to play the mayor or... <laughs> no one wanted my hot take on Trump. Okay, <laughs> okay? no one was like, I wonder what... <laughs> this little white girl from Calgary thinks about politics Um, so he uh, he phoned me the next day because I guess he phones everybody that leaves Second City I didn't know that to be like I don't know thank you thank you for your service I felt like I'd been in the military so I'm getting a pedicure I get a phone (laughs) call and are you
2: depressed at this point because you've been fired
0: Yes, my... uh, Don't mean to
2: rub it in, but you were fired. Yeah,
0: it had been... I was very depressed (laughs) about this. Uh, And I had booked a commercial for Popeye's Chicken, which was a U.S. national, which actually is a big deal for for someone. A U.S. national commercial could be a lot of money. And he phones me, and I answer, and he says uh, who he is, and he just wants to thank me for my service at Second City, and blah, 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 blah. And it was clear no one had briefed him whether I had quit or fired, Because I think he just calls. Right, right. And I went, well, okay, Uh, thank you, thank you very much. And he said, so, any work on the horizon? And then I realized, oh, yeah, he doesn't know that I've been fired without any warning. Right. And I went, oh, well, I, I do have a commercial for Popeye's, actually. And I said it happily, like, as in, that's great. And then he responded, well. Oh, no. It is work. So. Oh jeez. Like I told him I was going into a coal mine. Yeah. I was bragging, he felt sorry for oh, me. Geez. And then he said, well, goodbye. And then that was the end of our call. And I bet
2: you that Popeye's chicken commercial paid more than four months at the second city. It
0: paid quite well. Yeah, yeah. and I met the Popeye's lady. Moving back to you. Oh yeah, um, me. So you got a call from Andrew Alexander. Oh yeah,
2: and he's like, <laughs> uh, Ron, talk to Marty Short. Uh, and Joe, uh, we really think you're the, something. We want to fly you out to Chicago or Toronto in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so <gasps> we have you auditioned with for the main stage. And I'm like, that's amazing. I can't believe this. I hung up the phone. How old was you? Two minutes, uh, 23, I think, 22 wow. or Two minutes later, the phone rings again. And it's Joe Flaherty. And he's like, did you, talk to, did you talk to Second City? I'm like, yeah. He goes, what'd you tell him? What'd you tell him? I go, I, I don't know. I, they're going to fly me to Toronto or something. And he's like, okay, don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. Mad TV is going to call you. Marty, talked to Dick Blasucci at Mad TV for you. And they're going to call you back.
0: Did you know what that was at
3: the time? Mad
2: TV. Oh, yeah. Because that that would have been... Mad TV started in 2005, and this was 2000... I'm sorry, 1995, and this was 2002. So it had been on in, like, a thing. Like, and I remember watching the original few seasons, and then I got, you know... Busy. Busy.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you got busy
2: I got busy and then I did so I, I had almost just forgotten about that existing but I knew about it and then and sure enough they, the casting agent called and they were like, can you come in and do five characters in an impression? And because I'd been doing Dynasty in Edmonton for like five years, I had five characters like and soapathons and that sort of thing. I, it was like it was the easiest thing that ever happened. Wow. I was like, yeah, sure. And so I went in on Monday, and I did my five characters and my Woody Allen impression, and they were like, "Great, uh, how long are you in Los Angeles?" I was like, "Well, I got to go back." And then they paid for me to stay longer, and then they flew me around. Like I went back to them, and they flew me back for the test and the and the final audition, and that was it. It was really happened really really fast. And
0: you be a cast member and everything.
2: Yeah, and well, the first they could offer you four episodes, so it was like oh, these okay. steps, you know, that first season. But, um, and. There's no, uh, there's no protocol for it. Like, what? You, I didn't know what to do. I just kept thinking, well, I'll just go do what I do, and it's their job to capture it. I guess. You know, that was kind of my thought.
0: So relating it to fame, mm-hmm. you're having this little moment of notoriety. Mm-hmm. How did your life change? What things did you notice? Well, first?
2: I was in Edmonton, right? So suddenly, when that got in the press, I was in the cover of the journal, and you know, like Edm- right. Edmonton went nuts. Hometown boy, yeah, makes good. And and then going to Los Angeles, it took a while for that to kick in because it wasn't like sure. I wasn't on TV yet, you know. So I was just like living in a hotel and and hoping that these four episodes would happen. And but I don't know. I don't know where the fame really came in. Like,
0: oh, well, I know, I, I know. I'm, I'm not. Pretty... I'm not saying that you changed the landscape, <laughs> and we all know. <laughs> I get it. Um, but I mean, like. How you know, did it
2: change my life?
0: How did yeah, how did it change your life mm-hmm. and your career? I mean, you did say to me earlier that it all happened so quickly.
2: Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, suddenly it's just this really intense job where we I had to pitch sketches and you know it, you you were auditioning the whole time. You know, every week it was like another. Uh, oh. I, hope I can you know hope I come back. But because it had happened the way it happened, I sort of floated through it. Yeah, and came back and was offered the season and offered another season and. And so that was great and people started writing things for me and and uh, you know, I, I it was such but the, the the downer of the whole thing was just how corporate and quantified all of that work was. Oh right. And, you know, it was like the you would sort of pitch a sketch and say, you know, what if I was an astronaut who locked his keys in his in the shuttle or something, you know, I'm just off the top of my head and they'd go, Great. Well we've got a lot of Latino viewers, so could he be a Latino character Uh, and maybe Justin Timberlake could be with them. They would just sort of try to make it pop culture and try to quantify it to who who was watching, and and that really betrayed some insecurity in terms of the producers and that sort of thing. They were always changing it, and cast members around me were changing, and and so all of it, it created a lot of anxiety, you know. It wasn't just like this we're hanging out at the Chateau Marmont, which we did. I mean, ended up meeting a lot of famous people. Okay,
0: tell me some <laughs> of your famous people. Be gross.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I will say, you know, the fact that I was on a show, this is the one thing that was great. The fact that I was on a show, you could actually say, hey, I'm on the show and people know it. So I walked up to John Ritter in a bookstore. I actually phoned my really? friend I actually phoned my friend Nicole Sullivan, who was a Mad TV original cast member. Yeah. Uh, and I became great friends with her and I was in a bookstore and he was there and I knew that she had been on Hollywood Squares with him and so I'm like I call her I'm like listen John Ritter's in the fucking bookstore Is he, can I go up to him would this be fucking awkward I love him he's my favorite like I already mentioned Three's Company um, and she's like he's so nice he's gonna be so nice don't worry go over and say you know me and tell him you're on Mad TV he's done episodes of it and I, I was... thats this, this guy and Tim Curry were the two people I couldn't believe I was meeting. Wow. I know that sounds... No, that that's a, great. I mean, I met lots of famous people, you know, but these for some reason, those were the two influential things in my life that I, I met. Because Tim Curry, I was
0: obsessed that's, with. I would be scared to meet Tim Curry, but I he think that's was, our age difference. Right. Like, Tim Curry to you would be... Um,
2: Frank and Frank. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, but Rocky P- Horror. Right.
0: To me... Uh, none of that. It? He is the bad, evil pirate in Muppet Treasure uh, Island from when I'm five. Right,
2: right, right, right. So
0: I see him as just like a very <laughs> evil man.
2: <laughs> well, I, anyway, John Ritter was just couldn't have been nicer. I was just like, hi, I am. Um, my name's Ron. Hey, Ron, how are you doing? Like just <laughs> right into it. <laughs> And right. just ended up talking to him for. He introduced me to his wife, and like it was wow. so neat. And just, but the Mad TV thing was a real opening oh, door opener. Jeff Goldblum, like when I met him yeah. in the gym, he actually approached me. and was like, "Are your glasses? Uh, are those vintage glasses?" And I was like, he took them off my face, and he's <laughs> very strange. But I ended up having a lot of neat conversations with creative people, right, uh, about creativity, uh, not necessarily about fame. You know, because again, fame wasn't on my mind sure that's good at the time there were lots of perks and you know uh, again lots of cool parties and
0: did it feel easier (laughs) to get um, seen for stuff because I I often hear that like it's a slog for the working actor like myself where you're Uh constantly just fighting over crumbs And then all of a sudden, you just need one kind of thing that gets you in the door, and then suddenly a lot of things are open to you, audition-wise, that weren't before. Does that happen? Here's the
2: thing, and it's kind of funny, you're talking to me about fame, because I didn't really get famous, and if you think of everybody on Mad TV, who got famous from that show, you know? Wait. Name a famous person from that show.
0: Bobby Lee? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There.
2: What's he famous for?
0: being Bobby Lee. Yes, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I guess necessarily not. But like, like Mo Collins, fucking genius, right? She's like, she should have been our Carol, new Carol Burnett. Mm-hmm. She had a, she had a spawned her on show, Stephanie Weir. They also oh, there. Stephanie Weir. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. it's, again, it's all sort of like, mm, you know, Alex Borstein. But she went on to do Family Guy and that made her, like, she got, kind of got famous for other things, I feel. Right, you know, they kind of go touch touched on back. Jordan Peele, Key Key and Peele. But You're they, naming a
0: lot of people that got famous, but
2: not from that show. You don't they, know that, absolutely. Key and Peele got famous from Key and Peele.
0: Okay, fair enough.
2: Okay, yeah. So I, I'm just sort of saying what I'm getting at here is that that show is a very strange show, in in that it was not owned by Fox. So we were on at the same time as that '70s show. Oh. Which had billboards of the cast. You knew every cast member's name. They were on the cover of Entertainment Weekly five times. You know, they're they're crammed down our fucking throats by Fox because Fox owns that show. The fellow who owned Mad TV... Okay, Mad TV was started by two guys. It's fine to say his name. David Saltzman and Quincy fucking Jones. Oh. So Quincy Jones started Mad TV. Now along the lines, I learned this later, uh, Quincy and David Saltzman... We're like fuck it and parted ways and quincy left mad tv and it was left to uh, although i did get a congratulations 300th episode card from quincy jones love q yeah <laughs> it's so weird um but left it to david saltzman now david saltzman rented the show to fox it's the only like nobody does this there's no other model like this because he owned Mad TV and he had he had is Mad it because he wanted
0: control over he it wanted, creatively? Yeah, I
2: think he wanted the money. He just wanted loan. You you pay me, and I'll take care of the rest of the things. And so we never got a billboard, and we never got a Entertainment Weekly cover, and you nobody knew who the cast members were, and it was always changing, and and I just think they we were they weren't promoted. It was almost like might as well be Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, nobody's. Nobody was putting Bobby Lee on the cover of TV Guide.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have the SNL type thing,
2: which is was the was mainly why people on SNL. You know, I don't think they got paid as well as we did on Mad TV. I think we got paid better than that than the SNL cast at the time. But but what they got was movie deals and development deals and
0: and we know a lot of their names. So Mad, Yeah.
2: yeah. So Mad TV didn't elevate it. In fact. People sort of went. It's almost like the second city curse, where you, they're like, "Hmm, that's what you do, huh? You're sort of that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they see that on your resume, and they're like, "Oh, this guy's a fucking clown. <laughs> you know, he's got <laughs> a small. Keep, he's got a small range. You and,
0: don't have to answer yeah. this, and we can cut it out. But do you have it on your resume? Oh yeah. Well then, of course. Mad
2: TV. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I that's I like seventy-five episodes. <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking <laughs> pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> okay fair enough but you know and then and again I got real I, I it wasn't enough to keep me satisfied as an artist as it went on I was longing for the theater I wanted to create things I missed and you can't really do theater in Los Angeles and no. you know so I, I I was on that show for three years I stayed an extra year in Los Angeles and did the late late show which was which came to me because I was on Mad TV so you know here I am slagging it but uh one day, this Late Late Show called, Craig Ferguson was taking over. Yeah. And he wanted people to do sketches with. They were doing all this experimenting in his first season. So they hired me and Dave Foley. Oh, wow. And Tim Meadows to alternate
0: oh, doing sketches God. for the first
2: season. So I only did about eight of them. But it was like paid the rent and all that sort of thing. But I was sort of trapped in the sketch comedy bo- yeah. box.
0: I worry about And that I too. hated
2: auditioning. Like I did, I, everything I read, I, I was so in my apartment. I was reading scripts and just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. I don't want to be on this. <laughs> I want to be, you know, yeah. Stratford or whatever, you know. So, it's a very strange thing to do. And and I would go home. in In the summertime, mm-hmm. this is how disinterested I was in fame. I would at in summer I'd go do a play in Edmonton with my old troupe. Right. And My agent would be like, "You're going where?" But I got you an audition for Scooby Doo too, you know. <laughs> so that was like what I was. That was the range of the things I was looking at and auditioning for. And when you, I were, did audition for Big Bang Theory and things like that. But
0: and when you were a lot, lot younger, was fame ever something that? Because I know you've been an actor since like your teen years. Mm-hmm. Was that something you ever idolized? At all? Or I, was it just always the work for you?
2: I don't know. I, I mean, I, I was very obsessed with show business because of SCTV and The Muppets and that sort of thing. So, you, I, yeah, I think I, I, I'm, I'm... It had I, a I like little glimmer. Glimmers, and I like celebrities, and I like, you know... So, yeah, of course, I would love to, to be famous. But, but the work comes first. I would like to be famous for the kind of work of that I do. Yes. Rather than famous for anything it you're not just, on a reality show yeah that's true
0: yeah <laughs> that's great okay well then I'm gonna ask one last question I'm gonna say uh, from your experience in living in Los Angeles as a Canadian actor and having that strange blip where you've been put, mm-hmm. put in the sketch clown box well in one sentence what did you learn from that experience in one sentence what did I learn
2: in Los Angeles um I I learned uh, that I wanted to make theater. That's what Hollywood taught me. You know, you had to go and see the other side of things. Yeah. It it told me what kind of artist I was. Huh. I think.
0: You you got a lot of depth.
2: Well, I wouldn't. It's not for me to say. I'm saying
0: it. (laughs) I'm saying it right here. Ron Peterson has a lot of depth.
2: Deep guy. Deep guy. Powerfully woke is what. A lot of people are so.
0: Oh, up. that's so
2: gross! Oh no! Oh, somebody would be joking. You're about
0: powerfully that. woke. Oh no, that's
2: it! Somebody's calling me a woke king. Oh, you're such a woke king. Oh, as that's a joke, so as a joke.
0: awful! <laughs> oh my god! You gotta get that on a business card.
2: That's my Twitter handle now. Woke, woke
0: king. king. Oh my god. All right, well... I'm getting woke. You're, you're getting I'm, woke. You're, learned, you're very socially conscious. You know what's I'm going trying, on. I'm
2: trying, Lindsay.
0: You're watching your words. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show.
2: Thank you. Bye.
0: I'm here with Kate Wheland. Hello. Hey. Hi. Uh, Kate is... I'm going to say it, it might embarrass you, an okay. Instagram celebrity. Oh, God. Yeah, you are, you are one of those people that shows up on feeds, and I'm going to try to describe
3: your account aesthetic. Uh, please do, because someone will be learning something. <laughs> do you do you have trouble describing your own aesthetic? I do. I, well- it's it's evolving. It's changing. It's always growing. It's always different in each and every post. But yeah, go ahead. Have Adderlands.
0: Okay, great. So <laughs> your Instagram aesthetic, I would say, is you you create and curate uh, an account that um, showcases like almost almost a modern day Norman Rockwell painting, but as a oh. photograph.
1: I like as in that. the
0: happier side of life, a very uh, polished, uh, picture perfect family photos, pictures of you and your three kids, you and your husband. Uh, you're all a very attractive family by
3: traditional <laughs> standards, very attractive oh, people. God, Well, thank you. And you use the word perfect. I would not describe us as perfect at all. But that's
0: the thing, right, is the account makes it look perfect but it is not an account that's supposed to reflect reality right it is like a polished version of happy happy positive photos
3: yeah i mean i like to take a lighter twist on life because there's so many downers when it comes to parenting and um you know negative things that you just don't really want to look at like the mess in my family room the kitchen temper tantrum from a four-year-old so yeah i like to play up on um some of the more fun sides of life yeah yes. it's bright colors it's uh
0: fun um uh concepts and ideas like you'll do ones where uh family members look like they're wearing different foods that you photoshopped <laughs> on to them as of their bodies or yep. you and your daughter will be matching in clothes and it look very cute yes. it's cutesy aesthetic D- I, I people I love it, it
3: better yeah twinning is winning
0: twinning is winning i'm gonna push you out of the car oh my god but here's the thing is when you have a, a an instagram aesthetic that's so popular let, let's how many it's like we saw three hundred forty nine thousand followers there's, yep
3: there's about that amount there yes and you're but it does fluctuate i'll, I'll say that there's there's people that come and go for whatever reason and that's totally okay that's that's okay mm-hmm. um I mean, you're—it's all
0: very happy and picture perfect, and and also we were talking about this earlier because we had um, drinks together. What's interesting about what you're creating is, you were even very shy about it when we talked about it tonight over drinks, and I thought that was so interesting because um, you seem to have a lot of awareness about the fact that influencers and all this Instagram pop culture stuff is very annoying, it is. and what you're creating is I think in my opinion something artistic and we were talking about what is the definition of art and art being when you are uh conveying emotions or a point of view with the materials you have at hand and right now Instagram is something that we can generate art on but no one gives it any
3: respect no no there's there's very little respect for Instagram and for influencers I will say because it's I think in a weird way it, it is something that we can make fun of because everyone's trying to do it everyone's trying to produce content that'll get attention mm-hmm. and um, it's an overly saturated market and so everyone and their dog wants to be a part of it which is fine um, and make a dollar off of it but there's a lot of stuff that's quite similar. Um, and that's why I kinda pulled a joke about the twinning is winning thing, because it's it's everywhere. There's yeah, and there's matchy a, matchy. There's and... a
0: certain superficial quality I, to yeah, all of it.
3: Yeah.
0: Um and and you get pegged as that. Whereas I don't think that's quite fair because I've seen your content and it's clear that there's a lot of work put into it, which is why you have such a strong fan base, is because it's not like you just take a cute photo, you come up with the entire concepts and layouts that are very interesting that you want to look at. Like it's almost cur- like a magazine.
3: It's curated for sure. Like we take time. My husband is involved. Um, he snaps a lot of the photos for us. It's definitely staged, it's definitely curated, it's definitely preconceived. But that's a part of the artistry for me. It's a part of getting um, some of the you know, my own ideas out and concepts and notions about what's happening in our everyday life out onto, um, a a photography platform and going with that and sometimes even making fun of it in, in the photo itself in the post itself and always in the caption, always having a a fun caption to go along as, as part of the, part of the game.
0: So, I don't know many people who are Instagram personalities. So, I want to ask you what it's like
3: being one. So, you started this how many years ago? It was about four and a half years ago that I started taking pictures and posting. As far as curating the stuff, I'd say probably two and a half years ago, two or three years ago. And at first, was it just like a hobby or something for friends and family? or? Yeah, yeah. It was just a... You know, have fun, get away from some of the other platforms that were out there because of political reasons or ads. Yeah, you found. You said you found Facebook too, like, yeah, I don't know, aggressive or angry. It was angry, and like everybody was trying to push their even U.S. ideas on, like American politics in the feed and it was just getting too tiresome so I was all about the artistry and the photography and
0: doing something light
3: and bubbly yeah 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 light and bubbly fun different um and just creative because I think for the people that follow
0: you your account serves in their uh social media diet as a I'm gonna call it dessert it's something that's light it's not exactly like a huge statement that you have to think about but it's like it's nice to see and I think things like that don't get enough credit because people constantly put expectations on it to be more than just maybe something that's a nice thing in the moment I hope that doesn't sound like rude no I mean like
3: there's nothing wrong with something that's nice because it's nice well thank you for saying that first of all I take that as a compliment and I would agree, like, I want it to be light and fun and nice to just look at, but also maybe consider, like, is this person speaking um, about a point they want to bring up? Or is this just a fun shot that's different from the rest? Yeah. So... um Okay, so how has your life changed (laughs) since you made this account?
0: Because you have a lot of followers. Uh, mm -hmm. You have a lot of people that repost your stuff. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: I want to (laughs) know what type of feedback you get. I want to know what your life is like now that you're in this.
3: Well, it's definitely different. I mean, we commit a few hours, I'd say, every two to three days Um, depending on how the kids are behaving and feeling Mm -hmm. on a concept that has come to mind prior to the shoot day so for example the weekend is usually there's there's a chunk of the weekend probably like a saturday morning depending on light or that afternoon two or three hours to set the scene get changed um Bring the kids in if they're up for it, and then shoot it for probably you, ten you, minutes.
0: You did mention if they're not up for it, you're like, oh Never yeah, mind. no,
3: no, no. There's if there's any sign of resistance, <laughs> we don't go there. It's just we've tried in the past, and for uh, for me especially, it's just not worth it. Like this is fun for me, mm-hmm. um, and it's not worth the stress of you know forcing a child to take a photo yeah and that's kind of gross it's totally gross yeah yeah no we're not we're definitely not there um I know some people who are which is okay that if that's what you (laughs) we clearly
0: both don't think that's okay you're like that's okay if you're a terrible parent that's fine oh my god
3: (laughs) you're like I mean, I can understand if there's a deadline for a campaign that they may have signed a contract for. And you're dying to get at least maybe one good shot. I can understand maybe coercing a child by (laughs) giving them some Paw Patrol screen time. Oh my god. But I'll say you know we have met a family where they are all about instagram and the mother says to the kids we're we're a team and you're part of the family you have to pull your weight kate (laughs) kate we're not that family
0: i'm so glad you're not that family i don't care who who this woman is she sounds batty to me what no (laughs) you listen to me you're gonna work in that coal mine (laughs) (laughs) you're buying your own dinner um anyways don't worry you didn't say it I did not (laughs) no um so anyways I'm glad you're not like that and I was really um delighted when we had drinks tonight because I didn't I don't know you very well but I actually found that you were very like I said you're very aware and you're very uh cognizant and you question it all I love that you're not like on the train where you go, there is nothing wrong with social media. Oh, no, no, no. It is I, just fine no, the way things are.
3: No. You actually question oh, 100%, everything. 100%. I, I full-on question it. Every day. I, I wake up going, is this the right direction we should be going right now? And what I love about the whole thing is that I can pull the plug very easily mm. um, if need be. I mean, there's been some changes to Instagram that I haven't been fully supportive of, mm-hmm. um, and others that I have been supportive of. And it's not a perfect platform by any means. I think that there are a lot of things they, as a group, could improve upon, um, trolls being one of them. And that's. <clears throat> I need to ask about this. Yeah, sorry ask to interrupt. Away. I really have yeah. to ask about this. Mm-hmm. What
0: kind of bullshit do you
3: have to read (laughs) in your comments?
0: You're showing, first of all, you're gorgeous. Second of all, your husband's gorgeous. Don't worry, I'll stay away. Uh, Your children are very, like, uh, symmetrical. Um, So I want to ask you, like, like, people must hate you because you look like you have a happy life. So I'm wondering what
3: kind of comments you're receiving. Oh, we've had it all. What I used to have a hard time with was um, quick base judgment uh-huh. in a split second based on, on appearance. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Which is hard <laughs> because that's the only thing you can do in Instagram is right. show an, a, a, a visual. Right. And then people make snap judgments
3: about your life. Exactly. Exactly. Within a millisecond. And it's frustrating because it's so far from the truth. It's we work our asses off on some of these photos just to make people laugh. Right. And then it comes back. If it's reposted on a bigger account, typically an art art account, mm-hmm. um, those followers will then
0: Oh, people lash. that aren't your followers attack. Right. And you get some pretty mean... Things. Yeah. You actually mentioned earlier mommy shaming being a
3: thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very easy to type whatever you want with your thumbs behind a screen that you'll never ever have to say face to face to that person. What's the number
0: one mommy shame comment you've received?
3: Hmm. Number one. Probably get your kids out of the limelight for your own benefit. Or something along those lines. Like you're using Mm. your children as props Mm -hmm. to further your status. Interesting. Which followers have never been a huge component of it for me. Like it's great. It's very flattering. But I'd 100% still be creating interesting photos if I had 100 followers or 1,000 yeah, cause it's fun. <clears throat> it's fun. It's it's a way not to be a mom for an hour out of a day or two. Also, and when I mean, when I say not be a mom, I mean be something alongside. A don't mommy. worry, none okay. of
0: my listeners are gonna mommy shame you.
3: <laughs> no one's gonna be like, "What did she say? What did she say?" <laughs> um,
0: no, but I I know what you mean, and also it's not as if um, um, moms. You know, I mean, moms force their kids to take
3: photos all the time, well, except those ones don't get seen exactly. by hundreds of thousands of people. We force our kids to do a lot of things that <laughs> we would probably be, you know, questioned on. Well, for example, like, I put my kids in seatbelts. They don't want to wear seatbelts, but I strap them into the car. Right. Um, for their safety. I force them to wear their seatbelt. I force them to go to school. I don't force to take pictures, but I encourage or ask. Yes. Even though they're six, four, and two, and, you know, fingers are always crossed. So, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I have another question.
0: I hope it's not too (laughs) gross, but I know that everyone listening is wondering this a lot. Get in there. So, like, when you reach this level and you have this many people following you, how what is like not the revenue you don't have to give me a figure but like what is what is the stuff you get like that's what people really wonder like what what
3: kind of things did people get
0: like sponsorship wise and things
3: well the i mean it's crazy it's absolutely crazy the the stuff you're offered mm-hmm. is wild The stuff you actually choose to accept is a different story.
0: Please tell me some offers. All right. We need (laughs) specific. Everyone
3: listening here is going, come on, Kate. Give me a specific. The very, very best offer we were, you know, presented was a a trip, fully paid trip to Belize. Whoa. And in, in exchange for working with a photographer to promote that hotel... So it was, um, I think about a week or so, maybe, I don't know. To promote a hotel. Yeah. To promote a hotel chain in Belize, which it was absolute. We we took the offer. We took the (laughs) offer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, um, had a wonderful family vacation. The photographer was amazing. He was a young guy from Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Um, Emmett Sparling was his name. He was incredible. He was not forceful at all with the kids. He took candid casual shots and yeah we got flights and so, the trip and but we were not paid we, we were not paid to be there okay so here's our, <laughs> your you, face you mentioned something your really face. funny because you mentioned
0: hey. the belize thing to me over drinks and you I said did. that when they met you yeah yeah
3: they they we met and they said so are you how did you are you a model family? Are you actors? Are, how? What was the... And we're like, are no, we're real. No. Are you a real family? Are you actually the mother? And are these your kids? Yes. These are my they children. They thought it was a fake they family. They thought it was a hired family on Instagram posing as a family. That's so funny. It was weird. I was like, no, this is my... I bore these children in my womb... Wow. And okay. I have the proof. Well, So, so, um, and so you've gotten lots
0: of other, uh, deals and sponsorships and probably a lot of offers. What's like the dumbest one that you were like, yeah, we're going to pass Ooh. on that. Are there's, you not allowed
3: to say? No, no, I can totally say there's, there's lovely, lovely, lovely people <laughs> trying to, get their product out there or whatever it is they're trying to sell and they will ask and I always try to politely decline if it's not totally fitting with our feed nothing sexual ever sent? well I have had something sexual sent oh boy in my direct message
0: oh you must get so many (laughs) creepy messages
3: there's lots of creepy messages I
0: I don't get too many this is not an invitation (laughs) listeners but the odd one. Uh, I and can't so imagine. so weird.
3: It's like, I, no, I you know, you just can't. I think there. it's so
0: weird that you get creeps in your DM on an account that involves your children. It's,
3: yeah. That's it's so bizarre. weird. It is so weird. It's, it makes me kind of feel sad though, in a weird way, because it's like this person is so desperate that they're padding out and trying to go for the married. Three kid ones. Like, uh, yeah, you know what? But also, I think that
0: person is probably just being like getting a, a rise out of the fact of just seeing in your messages seen. That's all that's You're what right. they're excited about. You're by. right. Like, You're right. She may hate she me, it. but she, she saw, saw it. it. She,
3: she saw, saw it. my
0: thing. Yeah. Um, so, one last question for you because we're on this topic of fame and stuff. Um, how does. Being a person who was before an anonymous personality and then has transitioned into a person with lots of eyes on them,
3: mm-hmm.
0: how does that affect your behavior and the way you kind of live or present yourself?
3: It totally affects it. It yeah? really 100% affects it, mostly because of the eyeballs on what it is we're producing. And how we're affecting those around us, but also the things around us. The, the straw story, for example. Yes, uh,
0: tell us the straw story. Out,
3: out for a girls' night, lovely evening, the restaurant manager brought over a round of drinks and um, we were going to take a photo of the four of us girls out for ladies' night. To put night. on
0: your Instagram?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just in stories or whatever. Two seconds before the photo's taken, I was like, oh, we've got to lose the straws. We have to lose the the plastic straws in each one of our drinks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been served so many straws throughout my life, and they're horrible. They're awful for the environment. I'm totally pro em- environment. You're literally and...
0: married to a man who owns a <laughs> business.
3: recycling business. Yeah, so we get it. Uh, we, yeah. yeah. So I, I totally thought, if I don't lose the straws, I'll, my direct message will be flooded with people commenting on the fact we had plastic straws in our drinks.
0: I wouldn't have even thought of that. <laughs> I'm amazed that you thought of
3: that. Well, and you don't usually think of something like that, but then living your day-to-day life, you can reconsider a lot of stuff that you want people to see or not to see.
0: So I guess that's kind of one of the cons of maybe having a lot of attention like that. Yeah. Um, Is there a
3: pro you found with this kind of level of fame? Well, (laughs) a pro in that you're a little bit more aware of how you behave and treat others and how you speak to, you know, the barista at Starbucks or um, the librarian. like Or the people that come
0: up to you. Because you
3: told me right. that people sometimes recognize you <laughs> and you're embarrassed. I am. I don't like... I, I mean, I love that they have the courage to come and say hi. Mm-hmm. In, just to say hello. I don't care for the fawning... Because I don't feel like I'm living up to what they may believe I am.
0: So it's not so much that you're embarrassed for them being fawning or sycophantic. It's more that you're like, you know, you don't want to disappoint somebody. Exactly.
3: Interesting. Wow. Thank you for rewording (laughs) that.
0: No, no, I, t- I thought you were fine. Listen, you know what's weird? After you've told me about how people have been trolls to you, I feel like I want to s- make sure that everything you say is okay so that any troll that has to say anything, I'd be like, well, yeah. well haha." well, she also means this, you piece of shit. As I'm, I'm oh, protective
3: of you. Oh, my God. Oh, thank you. Well, it's so nice to feel that because I can even or hear that and feel it from you. Because you do think twice about what comes out of your mouth and what you stand for and what you believe in. I'm very impulsive.
0: I say a lot of shit that gets me in trouble. (laughs) I just don't have 300,000 followers. Just so you know, folks, Uh, um, I'm always with a plastic straw while I'm recording this thing. You just can't see it.
3: (laughs) Okay, girl. Oh, man. Kate. Yeah. You were lovely.
0: Thank you for being on this show. Thank you. I love that we had drinks. Me too. I love that we chatted about everything under the sun. Me and too. I think everyone needs to see your account to see what we're talking about. What is the oh, handle man. for this account? Thank
3: you so much for having me. It was a total pleasure. The handle is K Wheels. Yeah, that's K W. E- E-I-L-Z.
0: Z. Yeah, oh, Z if you're in Canada, Z, yeah, Z if, you're, if you're in America.
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Thank you for being on the show. Aww, thanks so much, Lens. Bye.
0: Ta-da! That's a wrap. That's the end of this episode all about fame. Ooh Did it make you want to be famous? Did it make you terrified of being famous? Did it, at very least, make you want to keep listening to episodes of Truth Be Told, the podcast? Hmm, I hope so. Okay, guys, I gotta thank my guests. Actually, I gotta thank a lot of people, so I'm gonna do my little thank you list right now. It's long, but it's important. So let's jump in. Thank you to my guests, first and foremost. Thank you to Tanner Zipchen, Ron Peterson, and Kate Wieland. You guys were spectacular. Thank you so much for doing this, for being on this show and being so lovely. Your lovely selves. Thank you to Matthew Reed. He made the music for this podcast. Thank you to Katherine Fogler, who did the podcast photography. Thank you to Kurt Furla, who did the graphic design on the podcast photography. Thank you to the two boys at the Sonar Network, who get this thing up on the internet, because I don't know how to. Those boys are Michael Mangiardi and Cody Crane. Thanks, guys. Thank you to uh, Trevor Pullman. Mr. Trevor Pullman, he is my editor. Well, we both edit together, but I don't know how to push the buttons. So he pushes the buttons. Thank you so much, Trevor, for pushing the buttons. Um, What else? Oh, I have Instagram. You should follow me. At Linzo is my handle. That's L-I-N-D-S-O-M-U-L-L-O. I also have a website, www.lindsaymullen.com. Also, guys, I'm going to be in New York City soon. I'm telling you this because, you know, I might be there while you're listening to this. Uh, I'm going to be in New York from July 17th to July 22nd. And I'm going to be doing some improv while I'm there, which is very exciting. I'm teaching a workshop at uh, the People's Improv Theater. On July 20th from 1 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. It's um, a workshop that's inspired by the style of improvisation that I was trained in. uh, Keith Johnstone style of improv. So if you're an improviser in New York City, you can take my class. Uh, It costs a little bit of money, like 30 bucks, but it's worth it. Come take my class. Um, Also, I'm doing a show at Magnet Theater in New York on July 20th at 7.30 p.m. And the show is the Armando Experience. And I'm guesting. I'm the guest monologist, which is very exciting. So if you're an improv nerd and you want to watch me perform or you want to take a workshop from me, I will be in New York City. All right, so have a great rest of your day or night wherever you are right now. And keep listening for more episodes of Truth Be Told. Bye-bye.